0: Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Greg Peterson here, and welcome to the 313th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Nature does not waste energy, and by using these natural cycles to work in our favor, we can harvest both plants and fish. Let us show you how. Just text GrowFish to 33444 or visit IWantToGrowFish.com and you will receive our free webinar on how to grow your own fish powered garden. Today on our podcast, we have someone who knows just how important some insects are to our food waste systems. We're talking with Dr. Jeffrey. K. Tomberlin, about the black soldier fly. Dr. Tomberlin has been working with the black soldier fly for almost 20 years. His PhD research with Dr. Craig Shepard resulted in methods for mass-producing the black soldier fly for use in recycling food and animal waste, and the subsequent use of the larva as feed for livestock, poultry, aquaculture, and reptiles. Companies around the world use these methods to protect the environment, create jobs, and increase protein availability. Dr. Tomberlin is currently the director of Evo Conversion Systems, which has a primary mission of building food and waste management facilities that utilize the black soldier fly. Welcome to the show today, Jeff. Are you ready to rock? I am ready. Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today?
1: Sure, I'd be glad to. You know, for myself, I think it goes back to my childhood. I grew up on a farm in South Georgia, so I was exposed to agriculture from a very early age. And I think those seeds were planted for me to continue working in this field. So, of course, I grew up, went to the University of Georgia, and eventually pursued my PhD at the University of Georgia with Craig Shepard. And I've been active within the field of sustainable agriculture since then, primarily as a professor at Texas A&M University. And since then, learning so much about how the black soldier fly can be used to recycle waste and produce protein, it really has inspired me just to continue to reach out to others and try to educate them on this process.
0: Cool. So one of the interesting things that you already said was it started when you were a kid. Real quickly, my interest in sustainable aquaculture, fish farming, started in the early 70s. I was 12, 13, 14 years old. And I wrote a paper in 1974 on how we were overfishing the oceans. I was in the eighth grade. Why? I have no idea to this day, but that is what's driven me forward. It sounds like there's a spark there that has been with you since early childhood. Tell me more about that.
1: I think it has been. I think for me, growing up in an agrarian environment with a grandmother that was a sharecropper, understanding the importance of the food that she put on the table for us to eat, and the fact that her growing up and knowing that there were people that did not have really really struck a chord with me, and and I think my grandmother's influence on my life still resonates today. This idea that we produce food and we need to make sure that those that don't have, have, and in situations where we do have food, that we recycle it and use it judiciously. And that has been something that's been with me ever since I was seven years old and the first time that I sat down on my grandmother's table in South Georgia and and had dinner, seeing how she recycled food waste with her chickens in the backyard, the pigs in the pen, Nothing ever went to waste. And I think that was because of what my grandmother experienced back in the 20s and 30s growing up in rural South Georgia. I listened and I learned and thought, you know, if I can do something to prevent such events from happening again, that is people being without, that I would do it. When I went to graduate school and and focused my research efforts, it was always with the idea that whatever I did in research would have an applied outcome, that it would help people. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've been working on ever since. And I try to educate my own graduate students to be the same.
0: Nice. Actually planting the seeds with people to go and do something with it that I find that's one of the most important things.
1: I agree with you. I think even with my children that are 9 and 11 years old, uh, they hear me discuss this, and I believe that this is something that they will carry with them as they get older as well. And I always think of it when I teach a class, 30 students, I give a couple lectures on this or discuss this topic, that if I can get half of them to go home and teach their parents about it or to raise their next generation on this topic, then I think I've had a positive influence on this world.
0: Yay. So we have a food waste problem in our culture. Is that not the case?
1: We do, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And what have you done about that? That's really why we're here today.
1: Sure. So my major goal is to work with people across the United States and around the world to, first of all, educate them on our need to be more judicious with the food that we do produce, and secondly, to recognize the value of fruit and vegetables that we have that are on sale and that a blemish doesn't cause the fruit to be devalued in terms of flavor or usefulness. And on the flip side of that is, once we consume the food, is that we need to make sure that we are using those waste products appropriately, that we're not just throwing them away because although they're not resources for us directly, they could produce resources that are indirectly used for our use. So for me, I do workshops, I give seminars, I welcome people into our laboratory to be trained on this technology with Black Soldier Fly. I did a TEDx talk on it. So I I do what I can to get the word out. Part of my job at Texas A&M when I first came here was actually in Extension, and it was with Livestock Extension. So I spoke to people throughout the U.S. on livestock and waste management, and a lot of that discussion, which not directly related to food waste, but parallel to it was waste management. Mm -hmm. So we talked a lot about how to recycle even animal waste to produce protein or biofuel and fertilizer. So – I think me growing up, my background in extension, all of that plays a role in terms of trying to get the word out and educate people on what we can do to be more responsible with the food that we produce.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that I'm so excited about the past three or four years is this little fly called the black soldier fly. And I actually have been experimenting with growing them here at the Urban Farm for about three years. I have three different bins that I work with. Why the black soldier fly?
1: First of all, I applaud you for your efforts. Getting out there, getting your hands dirty, working with the fly is the best way to learn about it. And to know you're doing it, it's great because people will learn from you. I think that's of tremendous value to society. We should all be doing that. Mm -hmm. But why the black soldier fly? I think, you know, there's a couple traits of the black soldier fly that make it special. Those traits can be, one, located or distributed throughout the world, so it's available for anyone to use. Two, you can feed them practically anything that's decomposing and they will consume it be it vegetable waste or animal waste or even meat byproducts. And I think another attribute that's really good about it is that it's not a pest. It's not going to come in your home like a housefly will. It lays its eggs and that's all it does. Those are primary attributes that make this fly so useful.
0: Yeah, I've not ever seen one here at the urban farm in the house. In fact, I rarely see them outside. I wonder where are they at because my soldier fly bins, I get pounds of soldier fly larva out of them.
1: You know, it's an interesting point that you bring up, and this is something that happened to me when I was in grad school. We recognized the same thing, and that is, wow, where are all these larvae coming from that we see in poultry houses? I feel fortunate enough that we had a break in our research that I was walking around the facility, and and I observed these flies aggregating on plants. If you've ever been to the southeast and seen kudzu, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, these large green leaves that just drape over large vegetation. Well, the black soldier fly was aggregating at these sites. And that's one of the first papers that we wrote was the aggregation behavior of this fly. And that's where they go. They go to the plant. That's where they meet each other. That's Mm -hmm. where mating takes place. And then the female will return back to the facility and lay eggs. They're not interested in being around people. They're more interested in finding a place to hang out, get to know one another and procreate.
0: (laughs) Perfect. There you go. So you used the word a moment ago, facility. They want to go back to the facility. So one of my, I'm putting this in air quotes, facilities here at the Urban Farm is a box. It's six feet long, three feet wide and two feet tall. That's where I throw food waste. You know, I collect from a local restaurant here in Phoenix and I just put the food waste in there. Then the magic happens from there. Can you tell us what happens when I start putting the food waste in there?
1: Sure. So these flies are very good at detecting resources for their offspring. That's what they were created to do. So when you put that food waste in the bin and it begins to decompose, odors from that decomposition are emitted and it serves as a signal that attracts these flies in. When they locate it, they lay their eggs and then obviously those eggs hatch and the larvae consume the waste. If you think of those bins like you just described, they're kind of like a furnace. And the fuel that's going in is food waste, and the fire that's consuming it are the larvae that you put in there. And what's amazing is that these larvae can go from being smaller than the tip of a pin and can grow to be a half a gram in size. They can get quite large. In fact, they're 46% protein, 30% fat, 80 times the amount of calcium than you would find in a mealworm. They're, They're truly a remarkable critter. But again, it's you putting that waste in that bin and it beginning to decompose that results in the signals that bring the fly in.
0: And how long does it take for them to go from the size of a pin to a half a gram? And now a half a gram is got to be, what, a centimeter and a half long?
1: It's huge. That's the extreme size. I think most of them you'll find they'll weigh about 100 milligrams, maybe 200 milligrams. Mm -hmm. But I have seen them up to a half a gram in size, so 500 milligrams. But you can probably do that from egg to collection in about 18 days.
0: Wow. Yes, it's
1: pretty impressive. So there are facilities on the large scale that have industrialized that are being built throughout the world that can handle 10, 50, 100 tons of waste a day.
0: With soldier flies?
1: With soldier flies.
0: Wow. What are they doing with all the soldier fly larvae that show up?
1: Depending on the nation where this is being done, what we're seeing is predominantly being used to wet, raise livestock.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: they will feed this back either to poultry or used in the aquaculture industry. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that your paper that you wrote back in the eighth grade on aquaculture and what we're doing to the oceans comes parallel or comes full circle back to this discussion because we can do 50% up to 100% replacement of fish meal with black soldier flies, which could help address those issues you discussed back in the eighth grade, 1974, Yeah, on protecting the oceans.
0: Hold on. You just said 50 to 100% replacement of their feed?
1: Exactly. Depending on the species of fish.
0: Wow. Okay. So my listeners know out there that I'm always looking for epic. Everybody, that's epic. If you're replacing 50 to 100% of the feed from just feeding them black soldier flies, that's pretty huge, is it not?
1: It really is because, you know, harvesting fish from the ocean is, one, an extremely energy-intensive process. And, two, it's had a major impact on the diversity in fish populations that are out there. When you consider the amount of fish that are harvested and used to produce the fish meal, reducing the energy needed to produce it by going to get fish from the ocean and processing them and producing the fish meal, this is revolutionary. It could protect our oceans, it could create jobs, and at the same time, allow aquaculture to continue to grow so it can feed the world.
0: All right, cool. So the next step then, I've opened my facility, go to YouTube, you can find all kinds of bins that you can build for home use. So I have my facility, the soldier flies have been eating like mad and 18 days or 20 days into it, they're ready to go. What happens next? This is truly the cool part.
1: It is, because a large part of the process when producing protein, especially with insects, is how do you harvest the larvae? Because you got to figure a way to get the larvae out of the waste. Mm-hmm. A beautiful attribute of this fly is it will leave the waste for you. It actually will disperse out of the waste so that it can pupate and turn into an adult. So if you have a facility that or a unit that has inclined ramps, the larvae will climb out and collect for you. So it's a self-harvesting system. And that's beautiful. You don't have to worry about harvesting. You just let the system work for you. And then you can have a drop bucket where the larvae collect. You can take them and you can dry them down. You can freeze them, whatever you like, feed them directly to your chickens, and they'll tear them up.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you what, when I go with a bucket of black soldier fly larvae, even close to the chicken coop, and I'm rattling the bucket, they know I'm coming. The chickens are all over it.
1: Some smart birds.
0: Yeah, exactly. So where should we go next in this conversation?
1: You know, something that... I think is important at least for me is finding out how you can do it right there in your backyard Perfect. because I think a lot of people are interested in recycling food waste yep. being a better steward of the environment not relying on larger entities or infrastructure within the community to handle it but actually being proactive and doing it themselves and I think something that you brought up that really is important is the black soldier Fly community is very giving there are a lot of people that have posted videos online so I think if a person's interested in knowing how to do this they should go to YouTube do a black soldier fly search and they'll find a lot of videos that can help spur them along but also look at other discussion groups out of there and blogs that provide information. I write a blog on black soldier flies. And what I do is I try to review literature that's published and I try to bring it down to more general knowledge so that people can understand what they're doing with the black soldier fly. And I try to answer questions as well. But there's a couple blogs outside of my own that also do the same thing. And it, I found that the community is very helpful. They respond to one another. They offer comments and suggestions on how to make the system work. And I think that's ideal. I think getting people to recognize the resources that are available, they can implement this in their own backyard, a form of urban farming that they can do with food recycling and producing black soldier flies that they can then use to feed their backyard chickens if they like.
0: Yeah. Or, or your backyard fish for that matter. Backyard fish as well. Yeah. Definitely. This is a fairly new industry. I don't quite know what to call it, especially for backyard people, because when I go out there looking for data... There's not a huge amount out there on how to do it yet. Is that the
1: case? There is some, and you're right. It's not a tremendous amount. So you have to search to locate these resources. And you know, something this kind of gets me thinking maybe at some point I can do a workshop at my university where we welcome people in and they can get trained on it we did one at Clemson University a few years ago and there must have been 30 40 people in attendance just to learn how to do black shoulder fly mm-hmm. but that's something I'll put out there if you're from a region in the country that you know someone at a university and you'd like to see something like this done talk to your extension agents ask them about it see if they'll bring me in and I can do a workshop with you because I'm willing to travel I'm willing to come in and demonstrate how to do this and teach people the process again on the proactive side talk to your extension agents talk to your local universities if you have contact i'd be glad to come in do a workshop and do some training
0: let's talk you've got a couple of companies here that are built to help industry and the hobbyists so let's start with the industry part your evo system tell me about that what do you do in that business Sure.
1: So Evo Conversion Systems is built to do two things. One is to obviously deal with waste management and build facilities that can handle this issue. Secondly, it is there to serve as a resource to train people how to mass produce insects, black soldier fly specifically, for waste reduction. So we've had companies from around the world come to our facility. They spend two weeks. We immerse them in the process so that when they go back, they can implement it because in the end, No matter what infrastructure you have for waste management, if you're relying on black soldier flies, the heartbeat of your company is the colony. And that's something we focus a lot of effort on is how do you produce the flies to lay the eggs that you can then use – For recycling food waste. So that's the two main goals up front, but there's some secondary goals that come out of this that we really love. One is that we're developing stewards of our land, developing stewards of our environment. And we're doing that through capitalistic opportunities because people want to create jobs, they Mm -hmm. want to create revenue. And what they're doing is They're accomplishing those goals by protecting the environment. Now, a major thrust of what we do is that it's beyond the United States. We want to take this to second and third world nations and work where resources are thin and help them develop the black soldier fly as an industry. Because, again, as pointed out, it creates jobs, but it also protects the environment, creates protein for consumption. So we believe in this idea of what we have here should be shared with the world, and that's what we want to do. And we think questions that we can't answer alone – can be answered together through collaboration. And that's something we really emphasize in our company.
0: You know, that's really, really important. And I'm glad to hear you say that. I am a big, big proponent that competition is really significantly negatively impacting our planet. And on the other side of that coin, cooperation is really where we need to be going. So I'm glad, to, really glad to hear you say that.
1: I promise you and the listeners, this is not lip service, because if you look at the industry as a whole, because I do think of it as an industry, mm-hmm. is that there is more than enough opportunity for everyone to be involved and be successful. Yeah. That is our approach. We are inclusive, not exclusive. We want to work with others. With others. We want to develop streamlined processes that protect the product being produced. We want people to be successful. Yeah. Because in the end, if we can create an industry where everyone is being successful and working together, we're going to do a better job of watching for watching out for each other and the environment.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the interesting factoids out of the Food and Drug Administration is how much food waste there is nationally in each metropolitan area. And a buddy of mine did some work in worm composting about eight years ago. And he found that in the Phoenix metropolitan area, there is 1,100 tons of food waste every day.
1: That's mind-boggling. It's a tsunami of food waste. Yeah. Let me flip that on you. With this system, it can process that 1,100 tons and it can produce a hundred tons of larvae. Wow. And I know you're probably saying, How could you ever do that? Well, it may be through, you know, multiple facilities. Yeah. Maybe each facility can handle a hundred tons a day. But think about it from the perspective of protein production. Mm-hmm. For every hundred tons, you're producing ten tons of larvae. At 10 tons of larvae, half of it is protein, half of it is oil. You can create bioenergy out of it, you can create the protein, but you're also creating a compost that can then be used as a fertilizer or it can even be converted into other products. So you can take something of no value to the general public, and turn it around and create four, five, six different products that each have a value, that create jobs, that create infrastructure, that creates community. It's just getting the right people in contact with one another to do it.
0: You said manures. Can you feed chicken manure to these soldier flies?
1: You can. You can feed chicken manure, swine manure, dairy manure, We've done a lot of work with all of those demandure types and we can convert that to protein as well. Wow. We sure can. In fact, if you look at the original work that was done with black soldier flies, it was in poultry facilities. Oh wow. Got a funny story with that, if you if you don't mind me sharing. Please. So the first time that I visited a poultry house, you have to understand what my mindset was. I worked on a small farm growing up. You know, We, we might have had 20 birds. I went to a facility. It was a high-rise layer facility. So we're talking
0: 100,000
1: birds yep. in this facility and it's raised off the ground 15 feet. And you look in and it's raining manure. It's unbelievable. And I was there to collect soldier fly larvae. And I remember looking at Dr. Shepard and I was like, Dr. Shepard, we got to go in there? <laughs> and he said, no, Jeff, you have to go in there. <laughs> that was my first experience of going into a facility. And I, I kind of consider it baptism by black yeah. soldier fly because when I went in there, I was knee deep in larvae, knee deep. The larvae were consuming that waste and converting it to protein.
0: Growing underneath, just underneath the where the chickens were pooping.
1: Yes, just down there feeding on the
0: waste. Wow, how did you harvest?
1: I did it with a five-gallon bucket.
0: <laughs> so in a facility like that... Are they growing the soldier fly larva on purpose or is that just uh, you know, kind of in addition to what's going on there? So was it purposeful or was it just nature happening?
1: That is an example of nature happening.
0: That's what I thought. Nature
1: happening and producing knee-deep larvae in the facility. Mm-hmm. So they're recycling the waste, which means the producer probably didn't have to clean out his facility as often because it's being recycled. Mm-hmm. The soldier flies killing house flies removing house flies, so there's no house fly problem. They're reducing E. coli and salmonella in the waste. Yeah. So they're doing nature's cleansing. I mean, you're talking about a natural system that is protecting the environment and recycling these wastes. At the same time, suppressing pathogens and other pest species. It's a beautiful system to watch it work.
0: Wow. And were they then feeding those soldier flies back to the chickens?
1: No. So, again, this is all pre industry. This is as viewed as these flies coming to colonize. They had no interest. The producers had no interest in it. So, this was just nature's way of recycling waste.
0: You know, it's just surprising for me to sit here and think that they had these bugs and chickens eat bugs. And why wouldn't the farmers, the chicken farmers, have put two and two together?
1: Oh, well, I was going to say, I, I think there's a couple. At reasons why we don't see it utilized in the poultry industry. I think the first is the producers just not, are not aware of it for the most part. I think they're very focused on production of eggs or broilers, whatever they're focused on, and not so much on the larval production occurring in the facility. I think another aspect of it is obviously black soldier flies aren't approved as a poultry feed. The birds have provided a very specific diet that's industrialized in terms of production. So there's a level of extension or outreach we need to do with producers and the commodity groups to educate them on this, and hopefully this will trickle down to our governments and result in legislative or regulatory changes that allow the insect to be used yeah. as a feed ingredient.
0: Perfect. So that's Evo Conversion Systems. That's E-V-O-C-O-N-S-Y-S dot com. And that's for information if you're interested in getting into this from, you know, a larger perspective. Now, before we started our conversation today, you told me about another website called Popworms dot com. And you actually sent me here to get some product from you. As a starter, can you tell me about that? What is Popworms?
1: Sure, I'll be glad to. But hey, before we go into Popworms, one thing I do want to let everybody know, just to reemphasize this point. Yes, Evo Conversion Systems is a business, but if you're interested in learning more just about Black Soldier Fly, there is a blog associated with the website, and you'll see it on the front page. Check out the blog. It's a discussion on Black Soldier Flies. I try to post once or twice a week. And the idea is just to educate people on what the black soldier fly is and what it does. And you definitely can contact me through the blog or through my A&M email address, which you can find online. And I'll answer questions if you have them. And we can talk about this more later. But again, that blog is available for everyone to read. But with regards to popworms, this is actually creating a product that can be used to feed poultry. And what's kind of cool about this, this is a treat that we produce and you can feed it to the your birds as a, as a tree for them to consume because they're high in calcium, high in protein. One of the products that we have on here that I think is really useful for anyone that wants to produce their own because in the end, that's what we want. We want this to go across the whole nation and have people recycling food waste. I mean, that's the goal not just have us producing the product to be purchased. But if you go to our website, you'll see something that says, what's even better? Grow your own popworms. And the idea is that you can buy these units from us and you can inoculate into your own compost bin. And each of these units can produce up to two kilograms, so about four pounds or so of larvae. And these units, if you buy them, you can put them on the shelf in a nice climate-controlled room and they'll sit there anywhere from four to six weeks so they have a nice shelf life. But you can just take this cup, dump it into your compost bin. After a couple of weeks, you should be harvesting larvae out of them. So that's something that we created that we think would be beneficial to anyone that wants to implement this process in their own backyard.
0: So this would actually help me with one of my challenges. Like I said, I've been raising and playing with them for about three years, and that is is that I don't get a consistent harvest. You know, one month I'll get you know three or four pounds of them, and then the next month I won't get any, and you know the bin kind of crashes, then I have to clean it out. So really what this does is this helps me normalize my harvest?
1: It does. It really does because each cup can produce so many larvae, like I was saying, several pounds of larvae. The struggle that a lot of people have, just as you described it, is you're relying on the natural population to come in and colonize. What this does is it will jumpstart that system or at least allow consistent production. So you can order these units, store them on a shelf every couple weeks, dump a cup into your system, and it should help you maintain production.
0: Cool. So that is at popworms.com.
1: Definitely. You know, something else, just to throw this in there, if you are already doing this system and you're having trouble, one thing to think about is what are you feeding the larvae? Just like when you were little and your parents told you you needed a balanced diet to grow up to be strong, the larvae are the same way. You want to make sure you're getting them a balanced diet. Don't feed them just a protein-heavy or carbohydrate-heavy diet. Try to make sure you're giving them a blend of materials. Also, because they are small, try to fragment the food waste. Make sure that if you're giving them a loaf of bread that you break it apart. If you have leftover meat products, make sure it's in chunks. That way, the larvae can access it and reduce it faster. It's kind of like eating a jawbreaker. When you put it in your mouth and it's fully sized, it's difficult to eat it. But as it gets smaller, it dissolves faster. Same thing with these insects. The smaller the fragment of food, the faster they're going to digest it.
0: Great. So grind it down somehow, feed them small pieces, Yeah. You know, I don't want to
1: put a lot of work on someone's hands, but when you take it out there, if it's something you can tear apart and throw in there, Uh try to do that. Lettuce, breads, vegetables, you can chop them up. Just make sure you're providing more access to the nutrients and the soldier flies will reduce it a lot faster.
0: So soldier flies, we can literally feed them any food scrap. Is that the case?
1: It is. They're pretty omnivorous in terms of what they eat. They'll eat anything from meat byproducts to plant-based materials, breads. They will consume it. Again, that's probably one of the more remarkable features of the insect is that this thing was created to go out there and consume anything decomposing.
0: Nice. So I actually harvest food scraps from a restaurant that's heavy in the lettuce, tomatoes, peppers arena, and that's good for them?
1: It is. You know, something that we say on our side is you could potentially create a designer black soldier fly. We know through research that we can change the nutrition quality of the insect based on what you feed them. Mm -hmm. But I've often wondered when you have pepper season out in the Southwest, if you were to raise them on peppers, could you create a jalapeno soldier fly? (laughs) by feeding them peppers that are harvested. So that is something to look into is, you know, what you feed them, does it change the flavor? Does it change the nutrition quality? That sort of thing.
0: You're kind of stumbling into an area that we've actually had a couple of guests on and that's human consumption of these kind of bugs. Have you done any research into that?
1: Uh, so that's something I have not done much work in. I'm glad you brought that up. I've really focused on the livestock side, but there is interest in the Black Soldier Fly as a potential human food. Yeah. In fact, I was just talking to a company two days ago about looking at the development of products with the Black Soldier Fly because it's so high in protein. Yeah. I think it's something that can be done, it's just as of now, no one has worked on it.
0: Well, and getting past the ooh factor, right? Ooh, I don't know that I'd want to eat that.
1: I'm just now convincing my children that it's okay to eat some of the larvae we raise on a standard diet. My wife's not so convinced, but you know, <laughs> one step at a time.
0: There you go, there you go. All right, so I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it.
1: I can think of a life lesson and I can think of a black soldier fly lesson. The life lesson was as a third year undergraduate student is how to find balance in life. Hmm. So that's important. So work hard, play hard. I think what I discovered from that where I was working too hard, I was not doing so well personally. So I had to find a balance there. And I think what I found the way the solution to that was to find something I was passionate about and that became fun. So when I was an undergrad, I was thinking about one particular path, it was work to me. It wasn't fun. But when I discovered the Black Soldier Fly, I was like, I cannot believe I get paid to do
0: this.
1: (laughs) This is so much fun.
0: Right. How cool is that?
1: Yeah. So I I think life lesson is do what you love because you want to find that balance in life. Yeah. On the Black Soldier Fly side, I think one of the biggest... Letdowns I had was you have to be careful about pathogen outbreaks. What I mean by that is we were mass producing the black soldier fly and all of a sudden all the larvae died in our pans and we were trying to figure out what caused that. And what we discovered was there was a fungus that would kill the larvae if you overfed them. But if it wasn't for me making that discovery, we wouldn't be able to optimally produce the soldier fly today. So it was through that failure that we discovered an appropriate method for
0: producing them. Right. So you just brought up a curious question for me then, because for my soldier fly bins here at the house, I get a bucket of stuff from the restaurant and I just dump it in on them.
1: I don't know what you mean by bucket, but I'm assuming it's fairly large. So, right. So when you put it in there, try to spread it out, try to spread it out so the larvae can access it. The more they can get access to it, the sooner they can break it down. If it's in a big ball, the stuff in the middle will begin to rot and the larvae can't get to it in time. So spread it out in your unit. Got it. And then when you go in and check it to feed it again, make sure they've had time to reduce that waste before you put more in there. So you don't want to overfeed them. You want to find that balance with your larval population in terms of what you provide them and when you provide it. Perfect.
0: So what do you consider your biggest success
1: My biggest success outside of my family, I think industrial-wise or black soldier fly-wise, I think it was discovering the methods for mass production. I think when we wrote that paper in 2001, there's no greater feeling than traveling the world and seeing facilities and knowing that they're using the methods that we wrote about. That is giving back. And to me, there's no greater reward to know that there's this lasting impact of research that I did, and it's going to benefit the whole world.
0: Is that paper on your website?
1: It is available through my Texas A&M website. The first paper on black soldier fly colony maintenance. Mm -hmm. And you can access any paper that I've written on that website through Texas A&M University.
0: And we'll have that in the show notes page. So what drives you?
1: So what drives me? I think the legacy of my grandmother and what she represented to me, raising a family, growing up in the depression, understanding the importance of taking care of one another. I think that's a major drive. I think my appreciation for what nature has to offer, something where we go out and harvest it and just use it for our benefit, but to get out there and work with nature to protect the environment, that harmony. I think My traveling around the world and seeing second and third world nations and seeing people with people without has impacted my life. I work daily to try to rectify that issue. I like helping others. There's no greater reward than knowing that somebody in the world is being fed because of the work that we're doing as researchers. Perfect.
0: If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why?
1: Okay, so that's a tough question to answer, so I'm going to have to deviate just a little bit, and I'm going to say there are two books I would recommend. Perfect. And the first is by someone that I admire tremendously and that's by E.O. Wilson. It's called The Naturalist. It's a great book about a scientist growing up in Tennessee and becoming a great contributor to science around the world, a great defender of our environment and our global diversity. So that's a great book to read about an amazing researcher. A book for people that are interested in black soldier flies and how to produce it, I would recommend the book Insects as Food and Feed, From Production to Consumption. This book is from Wageningen Press. I'm a co-editor on. It. I'm not getting any royalties. I just put that out there. Uh But this is just a great resource for people that want to learn about the different insects that are out there for mass production and how to do it.
0: Beautiful. And what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
1: I would say keep working hard at it. Don't give up. You're going to have pitfalls you're going to encounter. Find ways to find solutions to those pitfalls, but also share that information. Talk to others. Through a network of communication, we can move this thing forward and implement it in every backyard in the nation. So just Keep your nose to the grindstone and keep pushing forward.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Jeff.
1: It's been a pleasure. I hope there are people out there that find an interest in Black Soldier Fly and reach out to me because I'm here to help them. I'm here to help them get this thing rolling in the right direction, and I look forward to the comments when they do come.
0: Excellent. So how can our listeners get a hold of you?
1: The easiest way is to just send me an email through my Texas A&M address, which is jktomberlin at tamu.edu. Send me an email. If I can help you, I
0: will. You can find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash black soldier fly. We are your urban farming resource. Visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, podcasts, and webinars. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm podcast. Nature does not waste energy, and by using these natural cycles to work in our favor, we can harvest both plants and fish. Let us show you how. Just text GROWFISH to 33444 or visit IWANTTOGROWFISH.com, and you will receive our free webinar on how to grow your own fish-powered garden. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming.